You're listening to the SWIC Technologies Leading Business Podcast. This is episode six, featuring guest Jim Gulke with Sunbelt Business Brokers. This episode was recorded on Friday, August 23rd. I love getting up in the morning. I clap my hands and say, this is going to be a great day. You're listening to the Leading Business Podcast, where we leverage technology to accelerate your growth. The key to this business is personal relationships. So today as we talk with Jim Gulke with Sunbelt Business Brokers, we learned that they have 220 offices worldwide. And Jim is a two-time business owner that has bought and sold two businesses himself and has uh, many years of experience as a broker. And as a result, he brings a great deal of experience to the table as a broker. Uh, we look at things kind of through a few different lenses. If you're selling a business, Jim talks about, you know, looking through things through the lens of a buyer, and then we kind of dig into some of the details as to what things you should be considering as a business owner that might be um, buying or selling a business. I won't do it any justice, so I will go ahead and bring Jim on the show now. All right. So today on the line with me, I have a, a guest that is local here in Wisconsin, someone that I've had the pleasure of meeting personally. So. Um, I'd like to bring on Jim Galky with Sunbelt Business Brokers. Jim, how are you doing today? Pretty good. Good afternoon, Eric. Happy to have you. It's a beautiful Friday. The weather is perfect, so hopefully you get an opportunity to enjoy it this weekend. Absolutely. I hope you too. I'm going to get outside a little bit and heading up to North Wisconsin and going to take in these last uh, one of these last few weekends of summer that we have. Sounds perfect. Yeah, I'll be doing some some grilling and bag toss and a bonfire tonight and uh, nice. looking forward to that yeah well um let's take a, a little bit here and have you kind of introduce yourself to the audience uh why don't you tell everybody you know who you are um what you do and, and kind of maybe some of your experience and history um as it relates to sunbelt business brokers okay I, i'm with sunbelt business brokers now uh we are a brokerage firm we're one of the largest firms in the world we are the largest firm in the world we close more transactions than anyone uh, we've got over 220 offices worldwide i work out of the office in brookfield wisconsin and i have been with sunbelt off and on uh, and i'll explain that a little bit i uh way back when i owned a business for 20 years i owned a retail power equipment outdoor power equipment business and after I sold that business, which was very successful, it was a turnaround that I had, and I sold it and uh, I entered a corporate America for a while and didn't like that. And I was actually going to buy another business. So I went into Sunbelt to buy a business. And long story short, they offered me a position there, and I was with them for about five and a half years as a business broker. And then an opportunity, another opportunity for a turnaround came along, and I bought a sign company, which I owned for eight and a half years. And I sold that back in February, and I've been back with Sunbelt since about March uh, as a business broker again. So I've got some pretty good experience as a business broker on how to quarterback the transaction. But what I also bring to the table is I've been through it twice myself, the buying and selling process. So I also understand the emotional part of selling a business. And it can be a very emotionally trying process for a seller. So yeah, I got to imagine right now. I'm sorry, what <laughs> I said, I have to imagine that must be the case. You need to pour your heart and soul it into is, it. So, uh, you know, there's so many moving parts to a business transaction. Uh, I know when I sold my first business, 
we wanted to get out. It took a while to sell. You know, we'd have someone come in, they'd be interested. We'd get an offer. They'd go into due diligence or there'd be uh, something that they're a contingency on the offer that they had to be negotiated and uh, we couldn't come to terms or sometimes it was just fear and the deal would fall apart. And, you know, you're all of a sudden you're all pumped up thinking you're getting out and boom, you're pops your balloon and you know you're back to square one so that can be pretty emotional i try to prepare buyers and sellers for that because that cuts both ways i i was a little more prepared for it when i had my second business but that's just human nature you know you envision yourself exiting the business or entering the business and then for one reason or another it doesn't happen and uh you just feel deflated so that's that's one of the extras that i bring to the table when i and brokering a transaction for either a buyer or a seller. Well, that that kind of creates um, or establishes a relationship of trust and credibility too. You know, if I'm a business owner, it's really good for you to be able to empathize with them, right? And on the buying side, to, to, for you to have been on both sides of that has to make both parties, depending on who it is you're helping out, feel pretty good. Yeah, I would hope so. I, that's, uh, it seems to have makes it easier for them to relate to me and makes them more comfortable with it because they know that I understand the process from their perspective. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Well, so this is a goofy question, but I, I ask it on every episode and, you know, so it'll be fun as, as you know, I get, you know, more and more of these going to hear everyone's answers, but um, you know, knowing that you're an entrepreneur and a, and a business broker um, I'm curious to know how that aligned with what you wanted to be when you were growing up. <laughs> You know, I, I still haven't figured out, Eric, what I want to do when I grow up. <laughs> I, I think maybe the best, best choice I ever made is I'm not going to grow up. I'll, I'll grow old, but I don't know if I have to grow up. That's I, funny. Know, that, I always knew that I wanted to get into some type of business or sales operation, but never really had to find it any more than that. And uh, I worked for, you know, right out of school, I worked for a couple of companies for a while opportunity came along to, to buy the business. The first business I had, the power equipment business. And fortunately it was a distressed business because it, you know, I was only 24 years old, had a little money saved up, but being a distressed business that had dri driven the price down, which for me was good because it made it affordable and I could see the potential in the business. And at that age, I still had a lot of energy and a lot of drive and I anticipated I could build the business back up to where it was very successful, which is eventually what happened. So uh, I guess that's how I kind of got into being a business owner and a business broker is just because I always liked the sizzle of working on my own and the satisfaction of, you know, seeing something happen that I put into play and, and got done and, and, and you know, got a good result out of it. Now, the downside yeah. of being a business owner and a business broker is, again, you're, you're pretty much independent. You really love those successes, but occasionally, you know, you strike out. Uh, so you got to learn how to deal with a little disappointment, too. Yeah, and so that, that I guess that's a good point to to pivot into, I guess, what we'll call the topic of discussion, which is simply buying and selling a business. And, you know, we're SWIC Technologies. You know, we, we help a lot of manufacturing clients. Um, you know, we're just in a very heavily... You know, Wisconsin, I could throw a rock and hit five of them from our office, probably, you know, so it's kind of a result of the our geographic footprint. But, you know, it seems to me that that's an industry that's doing a, quite a bit of catching up, um, you know, from a technology standpoint. But additionally, there's a lot of 
um, you know, what I'll call the baby boomers that might be looking to exit at some point in time. So for me, it made sense to have you on as a guest to just talk about, you know, what are some things that a business owner might need to be considering when they're selling a business, right? Because technology yeah. is one component, but there's all sorts of components. And, um, well, you know, yeah. I just said, I'd love to have you talk about that. You know, it, you're the expert here. So I, um, I thought it'd be fun for you to kind of break that down a little bit. Well, it, it is fun for me, and that's why I enjoy doing this job. I love talking about this, and if I can help somebody successfully transition their business, uh, I always enjoy doing that. There are, yeah, there are, as you had said, there are a lot of components to, to, to a business transaction, and you know, the first question I always get from a seller, well, geez, what's my business worth? You know, you have to put yourself in the buyer's shoes if you're a seller. You say, what would I pay for this business, and why? If I'm a buyer, I'm going to write out a big check for this business. What's what? What do I want for that check? Obviously, I want a return on my investment. So mm -hmm. we have to take a look at the, the financial health of that business and say, okay, this business is producing this much in revenue and this much in profit. So from a buyer's perspective, it would make sense for them to pay this much because they will be able to get a return on their investment and service their debt and draw a living wage out of it. That, in a nutshell, is how we value a business. And that's really one of the first steps that you have to have. Now, there's a few other things that play into it. You know, there's, there's a risk analysis. Is this a risky business? Is this something that's been around for a long time? Uh, has this been just been here for 30 years? What's the outlook for their industry? And, you know, multiple other things. If it's a, an equipment-heavy business, you know, what's the equipment like? Are we going to need to make any capital investment in this business right off the bat? and things like that that'll also play into it. Uh, employees are another thing. Are there key employees? Are they gonna stay? Uh, or are they gonna leave? Or do we want them to stay? You know. So uh, that that's the first first step. Uh, the, you know, and the other thing is, you know, you know people say that, you know, why, 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 do I want to, why do I want to sell my business? Things are going great right now. Uh, and that's really the best time to sell a business. And that's the hardest time to sell a business because things are going great. <laughs> The money's rolling in. You got a great team in place. Um, that's the time to do it because that's when the business is going to bring its maximum value. The, the thing that I always get, and I, I daily I get a call like this or meet with somebody like this where, you know, I got to get out of here. You know, I'm, I'm not making any money more. I'm burnt out. I've had it. I'm fed up. I got crappy employees, uh, whatever the case may be, or a combination of all of those. Well, what do you think a business is like that is worth? Not nearly as much as one that's going full bore. So anyways, once we do that valuation, then the next step is uh, to market the business. And, and that's kind of a trick too with a, with a business because generally when you want to sell something, whether you're selling technology like you do or uh, you're selling homes, you want everybody to know. With a business, the business owner they want to keep that confidential for a number of reasons. They don't want their employees to know. They don't want their competitors to know. They don't want their competitors to know. Uh, they don't want their vendors to know uh, because it could hurt their business. So we have a confidential process that we use to market the business. We will use several vehicles to put the business out on the market to let people know that it's for sale. We'll use internet. Uh, we have a database that's very deep that we will reach out to people on. Uh, we'll do direct mail. We'll do face-to-face. -face. But what we'll do is we will give all of those vehicles that we use 
we'll put enough information on there to kind of give the broad brush on what kind of business it is, you know, a, a little bit of an inkling as to what kind of revenue it's producing and, and a price. And then we'll get, once we engage the people that are interested after they see that, you know, first we want to do is we want to vet those buyers. We want to find out, are they, first of all, are they financially able to buy this business? If they're not, we can cut it off right there. Why risk confidentiality with someone that has, does not have the financial means to buy the business? Yep. The next step is we'll find out, do they have the skill set to buy the business? And are they really serious about it? If, if we get past that point, then we will execute a, confidentiality and non-disclosure agreeing with them, have them sign that. Uh, and at that point, then we can let, let them know more about the business, the things that they're going to need to know to make an informed decision on, on whether they want to buy that business and what they want to pay for it. It'll have the name of the business, detailed financial information, names of employees, you know, the type of business. Uh, generally, we'll schedule a meeting, buyers and sellers, sometimes several meetings to, to get an exchange of information back and forth. Uh, the next step then is, uh, is, is putting in the offer, you know, or, or a letter of intent. Buyer goes through all of that that I've set up to this point, says, yep, this is, looks like something I want to do. Uh, I'm going to either draft a letter of intent or an offer to purchase. We get that. We get it accepted. But we're still not home yet. There's still going to be a lot of contingencies on, on those documents. Uh, they're going to have to negotiate probably financing. Uh, they're going to have to negotiate non-compete agreements. They're going to have to negotiate consulting agreements. Uh, they may have to negotiate key employee employment contracts, uh, leases, equipment, service contracts. You know, there's just a lot of things yet that still have to be done. And that's where as brokers, where we really have to stay on our toes because we have to keep that buyer engaged and keep them moving through that process. And because there are so many moving parts to it, it can be very overwhelming to a buyer. That's why as a broker, we really have to stay with them, guide them through it and make sure they're comfortable with it and can take it step by step and get, get it done. And then we can get to the closing table. And that's where the good stuff happens. The check gets written, the business changes hands and the transaction is complete and everybody walks away happy. 99% of the time they do. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. The honeymoon you, phase, right? You have yeah. a broad brush on, on selling a business. One thing from a business seller standpoint right now, too, that's really uh, actually from the buyers, too, it's, it's been a win-win for everybody is funding right now from lenders, conventional lenders, marquee lenders, SBA lenders. There's money out there now available for business transactions, and the terms are very good. So it makes it, it's driving up the multiple of the price uh, that we use to value a business so that a seller is walking away with more. And as a buyer, the terms are a lot more favorable. So as a buyer is looking at a business and, and calculating their monthly debt service on that business, uh, it's a lot less with the better terms. They may, instead of getting, say, a few years ago, they may have got a 10 or a 15-year term on their loan. Now they may get 20 or 25, which brings that monthly commitment down on that debt service and makes it easier to buy that business. And, of course, it's good for the brokers like myself, because we can get more transactions completed that way. Yeah, it doesn't sound so dissimilar from a real estate transaction, right? Like you have to go through all these things. It's emotional, you know, things can fall through. You got all these contingencies that are predicated on X, Y, Z. And at the end of the day, it's not over until it's over, right? 
Right. Um, and the ink's dry on the check. It's not over. <laughs> yeah. The check's got to clear the bank. Like there's all these, all these variables along the way. Um, okay. You know, and, and what are some things, so now we have the broad, the broad stroke kind of painted, you know, if we dive in just, you know, one layer into the, into the surface, I guess, you know, I have some bullets here that I kind of crafted out and they may or may not be relevant, but there's other things like, you know, when I think about a real estate transaction, you know, sometimes you have to stage the furniture, right? Um, in such cases with the business, you have to prepare the physical space. You know, um, what do, maybe you have to invest in employees or um, what's included? Do you have inventory, et cetera, et cetera, right? And you probably know more of what these things ought to look like, you right. know, to the to the seller, right? Hey, Mr. Seller, here's some things that you're going to need yeah. to get in order too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now we're drilling down a little bit more, but you, you mentioned preparing the physical space. That that's an excellent one. And you may have a business that's making a lot of money, but you gotta think about it. If they're a buyer and they walk in there and this place is a total bump, you're gonna think, I don't want to come to work here every day. You know, so you make it look nice, make it make pleasing, make it look, you know, attractive. Uh, also prepare your financial documents too, because you wanna make those easy to understand and clean and, and verifiable. That's another thing. The employees, you know, make sure that uh they understand that, especially if you have long-term, well-trained, well-tenured employees, that's, that you can say, hey, you know, Soul Soul has been here for 10 years, and this one's been here for five years or 20 years, things like that. Uh, you know, we've, we've taken the time, like you had said, invest in them, train them, compensate them, and it's one of the things that's made this a successful company, and that's why you should buy it, right? Uh, and also, yeah, the hard assets, you know, you want to know, okay, if you buy buying the business, it's going to make me this much money. I'm going to get these employees. The place looks really cool, but what all comes with it? Um, do I get this machinery? Do I get these computers? Do I get these vehicles? Um, you know, whatever the case may be. And that, that is a good point too, because I've seen transactions almost fall apart over some really trivial things. I had one, this was some years ago. They went in the visit, they, the buyers inspected the visual space. Uh, they had an equipment list. Uh, one of the things that wasn't on the list is there was a uh, medicine cabinet in the bathroom, and it was a custom-made wooden one. The, the seller wanted to take it with it because it was her father had made it, and she says, I'll replace it with something else. She replaced it with a metal cabinet that wasn't as big, and believe it or not, that came up the closing table. We had to deal with that, and they had to figure out a way to compensate for it. We put it together, but that's why it's really critical to have those things on here. This is included. This is not included. Yeah. Uh, very good point. Uh, yep. And you know, the differentiators, you know, what, you know, why do I want this business over the one across town that does the same thing? Well, because we do it better and here's why. And, you know, have a list, be prepared to answer that question. Right. Cause as and, a buyer, if you expect to have success with that, you need to understand what those differentiators are so you can continue per, to perpetuate that. Right. Or, or, right. you know, fix it if it doesn't sound great, like, well, right. <laughs> you know, either fix it or, you know, if they're going great, it, you know, things that they can build on, you know, as they come in, you know, so. Yeah. And then, you know, there's risk involved. You want to identify what's the downside to this business. So, um, you know, is there, does this business have a future? Is this business getting eaten up by internet? Uh, is it uh, is it a type of business where environmentally it's going to be impossible to do it five years because of regulations? I mean, there's there's just a lot of risk and you know things that you have to take a look at when when you get to that point. So, and and it's it's good for the uh, the seller to to inform the buyer of those things. You know, say you know maybe they're minimal risk, but just say hey, these things are out here. 
because uh, you want to develop that trust with them also. And you also want to make full disclosure of anything that you're aware of. It's just just the way, you know, it should be. You want to be honest and open with, with anybody that you're doing business with. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Because then as you go through the process, there needs to be some trust there. Um, so, you, you know, one of the things that I didn't have noted here that kind of strikes me is, um, uh, you know, Swick Tech, uh, we are a client of formerly Action Coach. Uh, they've since changed their name to Strategic Business Center and they're out of Elm Grove. And, you know, we've adopted and implemented, you know, what they call the EOS, um, you know, platform or model, which is stands for Entrepreneurial Operating System. And I know um, in terms of, maybe I'm saying it correctly, incorrectly as EBITDA, right? Like, how do you increase the multiple of your business based on certain things? And I know um, from talking to those guys over there that, you know, putting some processes in place around how your business actually operates seems to really help the, the sale value of it. You know, have you run across that where if uh, if you talk to um, a seller and, you know, you mentioned like getting some things in, in shape, right? Like prepare the physical space, invest employees, get some inventory of your books and your equipment and things like that. But also what about documentation of, you know, maybe the technology, you know, what are the passwords to different things? Where are these things located? How does this work? Um, what is the process for going through sales of XYZ product or XYZ service? So you're absolutely right. There, there should be processes in place. It should be well documented, so that when the you know the new person comes in, they like I said they know they know the passwords. They know who the vendors are. They know who their contacts are at those vendors. Uh, you could go on and on with that. And you're right. A business coach uh, is usually a really good resource for something like that, or a business consultant. And there's really very few businesses that have a lot of that in place. And it, it would really benefit a lot of these business owners. And I've, I've had this conversation with many of them to, to get together with a business coach or a business consultant and, and get those things in place to help you raise that. You mentioned EBITDA or their sales discretionary cash flow, both which are big drivers of the price of that business. I sat down with someone and they want to sell. I'm thinking, uh, look at it and say, hey, you're going to have to get these things in order. And if you don't know how to do it, talk to somebody that does and let's sit down and talk again in a year. And if it's if we're getting we're heading in the right direction, we're still not there yet. Maybe we need to sit down in two years. But take that step now to put those procedures and those policies in place, so that you can, you know, streamline your business and make it more efficient and make it more dynamic, and bring that that profit margin up there and bring those numbers up to where the business is a lot more saleable. And the other one is owner dependence. You know, you, if you're working that hard in the business, find out ways to bring yourself out of that business so that when you leave someone coming in is getting the business they're not you're not taking the business with you because it's become so dependent on you as the owner of that business right it's so funny because um you know i read years back the book called the e-myth which stands for entrepreneurial entrepreneurial i can't apparently i've had too much coffee entrepreneurial. entrepreneurial myth thank you yeah um and then that kind of seemed to give way to the book called traction which is where eos stems from and you know if, if i were to distill that down into the most rudimentary basic principle if you were to walk out of your business today right now first of all is someone going to be able to step in and actually run it if you have all that mm -hmm. tribal knowledge and you walk out the answer is no yep. but additionally is someone going to be able to buy it does someone even want to walk into that and give you money for it because they might be buying a headache and so how do you right. offload that and transform that from a headache into an operating manual? You know, and that's, right. um, 
you know, that, that book um, made a lot of sense to me when I read it in, in that context. Yeah, well, that does make a lot of sense. The problem is not enough business owners read books like that, and they don't understand that. And, and some of them that need that help the most and have the most potential are some of the hardest people to reach. You know, I've done it this way for 20 years. You know, and I'm not going to change now. I mean, that's just, it's so frustrating because, you know, I sit down I, I, with a business owner to do evaluation. I look at their financials. I look at their operation. And they are so close to just totally hitting it out of the park and hitting the home run with just a little bit of help, like we were talking about, with somebody that can come in as a consultant or a coach and, and put those processes in place. It's just, it's, it's really, it, it just, make could make such a huge difference yeah yeah absolutely well if we flip the coin and go to the buying a business side of things and there's definitely overlap in what we've discussed so far um you know but one thing i you you kind of made note to this or mention of it already as far as you know is the internet going to eat away at your business and so we think about retail and brick and mortar you know i live in um a a town called oconomowoc and they have a really you know um i don't know the the downtown area is just doing so well you know so you know maybe a little small retail shop there does pretty good um but thinking about that space for me um you have to really differentiate yourself above just getting that product from amazon and so at that point it seems to become a lot more about the experience what kind of experience are you going to deliver and provide for people walking into a physical space and so i guess the, the question i'm building here is or that i'm setting up is are there any trends that you see right now when you consider that? Um, are people buying internet businesses over retail? Or if they're buying retail, are they considering creating that experience? You know, what type of things have you noticed? Well, retail business, internet business, any business, as long as it's a good business, it's still, you know, a, a, a sellable business. Uh, you hit right on something really good when you were talking about the retail shops in, in downtown Oconomowoc there. And that's just it. If you are retail and you are going up against the internet, you've got to add value. Why should I come to you rather than point and click in order? And, you know, so that's a big thing. There's trends. I mean, that's something to take a look at. There's some things that some businesses that don't have that sustainability. Uh, and if you got to take those on a case by case basis. Yeah, that makes there, sense. Yeah. Now, are there uh, any businesses that stand out as, these are the businesses you should definitely buy in 2019 going into 2020, or these are the ones you should really be looking at. Right. Well, the ones that have always been red hot in Wisconsin from the first time I was Sunbelt, so if I come back to here now, uh, light manufacturing businesses, machine shops, we just, we can't get enough of those. You know, those for some reason are just hugely in demand. Everybody thinks, well, maybe it's high, you know, it's IT and tech. And I don't mean to disparage your business. Here, but I know that's what you do. Uh, but, you know, those aren't, I mean, they're, they're out there, uh, but those really are, are a little more challenging than the two I just mentioned. Those are probably two of the easiest businesses I can sell. Uh, one that's, that's kind of emerged here over the last few years, too, with the aging of America and, and the baby boomers, like my generation, uh, is home health care. That's getting to be a tab market. You know, the, the businesses that, provide you know we come in once twice three times a week and clean your house and help you with your grocery shopping for people that are elderly they're not to the point where they need to live in a assisted living facility or or skilled nursing home but they need they need some help 
those businesses uh, right now are, are doing very well. And uh, when we get one of those, uh, we get an awful lot of activity on it and uh, generally a pretty short timeline to get those sold. But That's cool. the thing is, if you're going to buy a business, here's, here's the thing. Don't go out to say and say, I'm going to buy the hottest thing that's out there. If it's something you're not going to like to do, you're not going to do well with it. Think, okay. What would I going to like to do? What do I have a passion for? You know, that's really, I think the best way to focus on how to buy a business. It's got to be something that you're going to enjoy doing. I mean, if something's, it may be wildly successful, making a lot of money, but if you hate going to work every day, You'll burn out and it's not going to last anyways, right? Then you're right back into the, the doing a, you know, owning a job and not a business, right? Or working in the business and not on it. I mean, it's great to do research. You know, you should do a ton of research on stuff. But again, keep that in mind. I've got to do, if you look at a business and and say, this is good, this looks like this is really good, it's an emerging industry, but is this something I'm going to want to do? You know, to keep that in mind as you're doing your research as a buyer when you're you're going out to, to, to look and buy a business. Now, um, another thing is a buyer, uh, you know, connect with, and this is a little self-serving. No, it's not a little self-serving. It's a lot self-serving. Connect with a good business broker uh, yeah. because they can help you, you know, they can help connect you with, with a good business. You know, we're, some ways we're like matchmakers. We, you know, we, we'll sit down with a potential buyer uh, and, and say, okay, what, what, first of all, why do you want to get into business? You know, uh, and, you know, find out what do you like to do? What's the favorite, your most favorite job you ever had? And, and if I were the business broker, good fairy, and I could grant your wish of any kind of business that you could buy, what would it be? And, you know, we really want to find out something that they're going to have. Because we want, you know, we, not only do we want to sell these businesses, we want to see these people go on and be successful, too. So that, that's a big key, too, is get, get with a good broker. I happen to know a guy, too, if they need one. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, me, too. <laughs> okay. You know, um, no, that that's great to hear. You know, and the shameless plug is is totally fine. I mean, that's we we don't mind that at all. In fact, we try to do some ourselves. Like the the documentation thing, for example. You know, with Swift Technologies, you know, I, I sit down in a lot of um, you know discovery meetings with businesses that are looking for help with their technology. And you know, in the last two plus years, I've yet to engage with a single business out of several several dozens of them that actually have their entire IT infrastructure documented. Uh, and that's something that we do, right? So we can come in and do that. If nothing else, that's one thing that we could do to level up at least the awareness around your organization. So if you hire an IT person or a company, someone can just step in and they know what to do rather than, you know, um, going on wild goose chases everywhere and trying to sync things up that don't communicate and not knowing where things are, you know, what things are where, or at which location and all of that stuff. So, you know, um, from the tech side of it, looking through just that tiny little lens, I know that that ought to be a pretty big um, value add for someone looking to, to sell. It, it, it definitely is. It, from a broker's perspective, when I can take a, a buyer in there and say, hey, look at this. I mean, they've got their technology is up to date. They're not operating this business on a Commodore 64 or an Apple IIe, you know. <laughs> uh, right. But, I mean, they've got modern technology. It's going to be able to track the things that you need to track. It's going to be able to track your hours work, your productivity, your payroll, your whatever the case may be, and say this is all current and, and you've got a good support system here for the company that did it. Um, that, that's, a, that's a very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? It's kind of a very reassuring thing to a buyer knowing that that's there. So you're, you know, the, what you do does add value. Uh, significant value to a business. 
Well, that's, that's great. Um, we sure hope it does. You know, I guess we'll, we'll wrap up. Um, you know, are there any words of wisdom that you impart on a seller or a buyer that you haven't already kind of covered where you'd say, look, I'll, uh, you know, I know we covered a lot of ground today, Mr. Mr. Business Seller, but uh, I'll leave you with this final thought or, and maybe the same for the buyer. Boy, that's a good one. I probably have said things like that, but I don't know if I've ever really thought about, you know, on a case by case basis. I'll, I, I tell people, keep an open mind. You're not going to find the perfect business. And as a seller, you're not going to find the perfect time to sell, but you're going to find something that meets 90% of what you're looking for to get in or out of your business. And that's ultimately what you want to do. Cool. And you did say one for the the buyer. I mean, you kind of said, like, pick something that you're passionate about. Pick the thing that oh, you love that. to do. I mean, I think that's probably right. the biggest nugget. You know, and that's something that it seems to be kind of just permeating through society, especially at the millennial level right now. It's all about aligning your, you know, your job with your passion, right? And if you don't have that, you burn out and all these things. So, you know, to a degree, right? You're in, in any job, there's going to be things that you're going to have to do that you don't like. That's how that's how college was. That's how grade school is. That's how your job. I mean, there's always going to be that component. But, you know, if you can get that 75 to 85 percent or more doing what you love and the other stuff you can find other folks to do because um, you're the owner, maybe that's the ticket, right? Mm-hmm, correct. But, and then I'm assuming you, you help people to sync up with, you know, if they do have that strong suit in one area or another, um, here's some vendor partners, right? Like if you are terrible with accounting, here's maybe an accounting firm. Do you have those people in your network as well? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> that's one thing I like to do as a broker too, is I like to be a resource. Somebody buys a business and, you know, where do I go for my phone and my internet and my accounting and my tech? And, you know, there's, there's just a, a, a multitude of things. And being in this business and, you know, being in business, and you know, I've been in the North Metro area for my entire life in business. I, I know a lot of people. Uh, I've met a lot of good ones. There's a couple bad ones out there, fortunately, and not a lot of them. With, you know, and I am always willing to, to talk to somebody about, hey, talk to, talk to Eric or talk to whoever. Uh, they, they can help you out with this. They, you know, I, I know them. I know they've got a good reputation, and I've got some really good feedback from the people that they've worked with. So always willing to do that. I, I really enjoy doing that. I, it's just, I, that's why I'm really, maybe I, maybe I should have said when I was a kid, I want to grow up to be a business broker because I really like <laughs> You know, I, I actually, out of the folks I've had on so far, it's not so far off um, their career path to what they wanted to be when they were a kid, or at least even like the things that they thought ended up existing in a different field. The last mm-hmm. guy I had was actually the author of the book called The Third Door, Alex Benayan. And I'm like, you know, Alex, what did you want to be when you when you were growing up? And he said, well, my parents wanted me to be a doctor. And he's like, and I believe that that's what I was going to be. Uh, but I ended up being this book author. Right. And his book was this journey of interviewing the world's smartest folks. Right. Um, Bill Gates and Warren Buffett and all of these other people, Steven Spielberg and uh, Larry King. And he had said, you know, really it ended up being the case that he just wanted to help people. And so he wrote a book to help a whole generation. And, you know, as a doctor, he said, a lot of that stuff is very investigative as far as how you define and find a problem. So it was very investigative to actually try to track these people down and find paths into getting access to them. So he ended up using all the same skills, but just in a different way. And so that's, I think that's interesting. Yeah, it's, I, I guess that's really what it boils down to is just, you know, doing a good job for somebody and, Really, in any business, that's what you want to do. You want to do a good job for somebody, help them out, 
with your product, your service, whatever the case may be. Uh, that's, you know, that's what keeps me coming back, the satisfaction of, you know, somebody saying, hey, you know, did a really great job for me. Thanks a lot. Um, that, that's what gets me up and, and out of bed and going to work every day. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, and you seem to really enjoy it. You know, like I said, we've yeah. had coffee before, and I think, you know, you're, you're, you've got passion in what you do and obviously a lot of expertise too. So, um, you know, we'll leave folks with a good way to get in touch with you. How do they, how, if someone wants to reach out, if they have questions, concerns, things like that, uh, how do they find you? Well, they can go to our website. Uh, it's, uh, I should know that right off the top of my head, right? It's at uh, sunbeltnetwork.com? Slash Milwaukee or Sunbelt Midwest. Uh, we've got Mid Sunbelt Midwest has all three of our offices on it, so you can find me that way. Uh, Sunbelt, Sunbelt Network slash Milwaukee has just our Milwaukee office on it. Uh, probably the Sunbelt Midwest, that's easiest to remember. Let's go with that one. Uh, you can call our local office here. I don't know if you want a phone number. I can give you one if if you'd like. Yeah, sure. Let's let's rattle okay. it off. 262-901-0086. We're located in Brookfield. We're on Executive Drive. We're right next to Brookfield Square, just west of Brookfield Square on Executive Drive. Uh, we cover the entire state of Wisconsin. You know, we have uh, I have a listing right now. I'm going to be visiting Monday uh, up in the Rhinelander area. Uh, we've got them. You know, Eau Claire, uh, Central Wisconsin. So we cover the entire state of Wisconsin. So anybody that, and if, if it's outside of Wisconsin, again, with a network of offices that we have, you don't know where to go or who to call, call me and I'll be happy to help you connect with somebody that can help you wherever uh, your business might be if it's outside of our area. That's great to hear. Well, Jim, thanks so much for taking time out of your busy schedule and, and out of your, your business day to guest on the show. Um, very happy that we had you on. Yeah, me too. I really enjoyed it. It was a pleasure. I, I love talking about this stuff. And uh, thank you very much for, for having me on. Anytime. Hopefully you found today's podcast valuable and got some great tips if you're considering buying or selling a business, um, I think this had a lot of value in it. If you'd like to learn more about Sunbelt Business Brokers, you can check out their website at sunbeltmidwest.com and get in touch with Jim. I'm sure he'd appreciate that. A couple of quick announcements. Swick Tech's Future Tech Summit is on the horizon. It is going to be Friday, September 27th from 1130 in the morning to 5 p.m. at the Potawatomi Hotel and Casino in their Serenity Room. Uh, there will be complimentary appetizers and, and dinner. It's also SwickTech's 15-year anniversary. So come for the event and stay for the celebration with us. We'd appreciate it. If you'd like to learn more about SwickTech, you can go to SwickTech.com. That's S-W-I-C-K-T-E-C-H.com. Thanks so much for tuning in and uh, taking time out of your busy schedule. We hope you have a great day.